Hello and welcome to an actual brand new Lunk Communique being recorded on June 12th, 2010. My name is Monty and to my right is Jackson Meredith. And to his right is Ashley Martin. And to her, her right is Brian Ellis. And to his right is Andrew. And <laughs> this is one of these self-centered installments. Um, we decided that we really should reintroduce the show and reintroduce Lunk and what Lunk is all about and attempt to explain uh, why there hasn't been a new one of these things in over a year. Uh, Basically, these fine folks have set up headquarters at a house in the North Bottoms of Lincoln, Nebraska for what they call the Lung Collective? Correct. Ah. <laughs> and their time has been primarily taken up with that for the past year. So, join me, won't you? <laughs> on a on a journey of discovery <laughs> as we find out all about the Lung Collective. Yeah, we've uh, we haven't made a show for what a year now. We haven't recorded since our May Day show for last year, which we recorded in April, yeah, so, so we've, we've been out of this for like 14 months. We've been primarily concerned with the location we are recording out of, a.k.a. the Lunk House. <laughs> yes, and uh, we moved in here in October. The end of October. The end of October, and I suppose we should discuss all the projects that we've involved. Well, first you should... Well, what exactly is the Lunk Collective? Well, that is all of us. <laughs> yeah, and we... You have you have come together to do a, what? A group of individuals that share a common uh, view of where... what society should look like. Where we should be going. On, and Lunk, by the way, for any new listeners, is... L-U-N-K, an acronym for Lincoln's Underground Network. <laughs> the K is the end of network, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, we, uh, we've we been involved in a lot of different projects, I guess. You are a group that is doing what, exactly? Well, essentially... You have, you, have a, you have a mission to... You have a mission about what you think the world should be like... We brought a lot of our projects straight into the house. We wanted to host local progressive allies, essentially people that are aligned with what we want to accomplish as a group. And uh, amongst those projects, were the f- one of the first things we started bringing in was the Lincoln Secular Humanists who needed uh, an event space and uh, were formerly operating out of coffee houses and uh, for-profit places where they'd actually have to pay basically admission fees to uh, use the location. So we want to provide a location for uh, these organizations that really have no other alternatives. Yeah, because coffee shops aren't ideal for hosting meetings always, um, conversations that can be somewhat controversial. Yeah, I remember when we were meeting, the humanist group was meeting at the coffee house, um, on P Street, 
Uh, they used to have a nice big back room, but, you know, there's a lot of students in there studying, and they like it to be kind of quiet, so it's, the atmosphere just isn't really very conducive to having these sort of uh, loud uh, arguments or debates. And then that like location that. no longer exists, uh, and we wanted to do, as a group, as the Lincoln Secular Humanist and as LUNC, as uh, just a general group of people, we wanted to show documentaries and have discussions and do all sorts of activities that uh, rely on someone to allow us a space. Yeah, coffee houses or coffee shops and <coughs> for-profit businesses are uh, generally tend to shy away from showing controversial movies because they don't want to offend customers, you know. Well, they're they really have to look at it from that aspect. They're constrained by the market in a way that we don't want to be constrained. Yeah. We don't we don't want to have those financial limitations of what we want to actually have a location that's dedicated to doing the things that we want to accomplish. So essentially Lunk is a hub for other groups. Is what you're saying? That that uh, that align with your agenda? Yeah, I mean basically we uh What exactly is your agenda? <laughs> when you have a point, I see that you have a point of view about what you want the world to be like. What exactly do you want the world to be like? Well, anyone want to take that? <laughs> I would say, you know, we, to use a bunch of platitudes, we, we advocate a, uh, a society that is based on equality, uh, based on uh, uh, common ownership of resources, of the means of producing what's necessary to survive and and uh, common control of these things uh, democratically. And these beliefs are very much in conflict with the status quo of this corporate capitalist system. There yeah. are a lot of uh, platitudes out there, you know, equal opportunities, equal rights, but we're really dedicated to actually considering the necessities of these things and how they do very much conflict with the current system that we have. I mean, it's, it's very easy for people to state these things, but when it comes to uh, real concrete world things where we uh, live in a world full of economic exploitation and where one privileged person can take advantage of another, uh, one person can use their status over another, these things don't really exist in the society we live in. So we have to make great efforts to actually make them happen. I'd say that, you know... Your, your your politician or your political party that you know uses these sort of uh, you know platitudes or, or I guess to define that would be you know just saying something that sounds really great but most people recognize it as hot air. Um, so when your average politician or is talking about equality and democracy, you know we all know because we're somewhat cynical and we, we understand the true nature of things, that these things don't really exist in, in, a, in, a, in a concrete form in our society. Well, they have the same uh, restrictions as the coffee houses we were talking about earlier. The only way they can exist and they can have power is in a society that restricts all of these things. They can try to make small changes and try to kind of fix and make the system that we have a little more livable, but it's not going to change anything that we're actually doing. We're not here to make simple reforms. That's that's the difference, I, as I see it, between us and your political party or your politician is, you know, we don't advocate for reforms, you know, just small reforms. We don't generally get together and write our senators. We're interested <coughs> in organizing into groups, into collectives that can be structures that actually work to 
change things in a revolutionary way instead of in small incremental ways. You know, the problem with that is that those can always be taken away. You know, when the when new rulers come in, or uh, they they really they fail to change the uh, structure of the systems so that everyone is empowered instead of just these ruling elites. Yeah, it's just out with the old boss and with the new boss. Mm. Same old, same old. And that's really what puts us at odds with the system at large is at our core we are are decentralized. We're anti-authoritarian. We don't have uh, bosses or rulers within the group. It's a cooperative endeavor where we try to come to consensus and work together. That also means that we take things into our own hands. Rather than writing our senators and having them change things for us, we go and actively participate in these things. Like, instead of writing a senator and telling him that we need to get anti-Columbus stuff put into, like, educate our education system, we go out and spread that information ourselves. We do that with the information that we have here with these radio shows. So this is, this is basically, this is a radical leftist organization. We can just flat out say <laughs> that right now and make that clear. You're, you're trying to change society in the most absolute fundamental ways. What projects... Um, are you are you involved in to push that agenda? Uh, where do we start? <laughs> <laughs> well, first and foremost, the house itself is is a project. Like Andrew was saying, because there's this lack of a a venue, a lack of place a, a place where groups can meet. You know, that's that's the major function mm-hmm. that this house should serve is is one where any group um, that shares you know a similar idea. Um, similar vision of, of, of the world as we do, you know, they'll have a, a place to do their movie showings and meetings. And the means through which we're speaking right now, which is Lunk Radio. It's a place for that to happen. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's put this in a little bit of a historical context. I mean, one of the big uh, things that was an inspiration to me to sort of work on something like this were some of the comments by made by Jeremy Rifkin for the documentary The Corporation. I don't remember if these comments were part of the documentary proper or if they were part of the broader interview. If you go into the special features for this documentary, there were like half-hour interviews with most of the main intellectuals they talked to. But one of the things that Jeremy Rifkin really said from that movie, one of the main things I took away from the corporation, was talking about how this corporate capitalist system came to be and how it kind of took over the reins from its predecessor. And one of the big points that Rifkin made about this transition to the modern capitalist system was the destruction of the commons, the destruction of the commons. And the commons is a, is a gone. It's a, it went the way of the dinosaur. In, in, in a more traditional and more feudalistic times, there was this idea of this being a town center. I mean, we, we think of them today almost like a park. But a park is a very weak, deluded sense of what the commons used to mean. It would be farmland for the poorest peasants. It would be something for everyone. The commons was this huge area in the center of a town that belonged to everyone. And the reality of 200, 250 years of modern capitalism is that everything, every part, everything of value, every parcel of land has been chopped up and handed to an owner. There are no commons for people to come together on anymore. And I see the Lunk House very much as a matter of, to me, it's, it's imp- the Lunk House is important to me because the Lunk House is a restored sense of a commons area. No, really, the origin of corporations are indicative of how that came about. Corporations were essentially more of a 
of a public or a contract with the government to uh, accomplish something for the greater good. And now, now we have these sort of bastardized organizations that are that are driving simply for profit, making and they, snuggies. Yes, They're and they bastards. don't they don't have any terms on their on their longevity. They don't have to renew in any sense. They don't have to live up to any standards whatsoever. They have more rights than an individual. They can do all of these things and and have uh, essentially function to destroy uh, common ownership and to profit from from uh, basically. Uh, using people as externalities as doing the exact opposite. <laughs> the, you know, the other big thing is that as Lunk Radio, this this entity, which is sort of our media wing of the whole operation, we, uh, we seek to use that as a means of communicating, you know, ideas that are normally suppressed. You don't watch your news channel and... Uh, you don't get to hear views like ours. It's it's basically you have your talking heads that uh, are basically supporting the corporation, supporting big business, and you might have a you know as a counter to that, you might have a Democratic Party uh, liberal who has a slightly different view, more in line with uh, you know general populism that uh, you know we should criticize what corporations are doing, but you don't really hear any voices out there that are truly revolutionary that are advocating for fundamental changes in the way that society is organized. And that's what separates you know, our radio station from, you know, like a uh, generally liberal sort of station like KZUM, which is the other... You know, community-owned radio station is what they call it, I guess. Well, KZUM doesn't really even have any political commentary anymore. Yeah. As as Ron Kurtenbach was fond of saying, KZUM is basically a jukebox. It's just yeah. a jukebox for eclectic music, and just or like one of my other friends likes to call it that goofy blues music. <laughs> you know, um, going back to what Brian was saying, I don't really believe that we know what the general population, what working class people in this country believe. Whenever you have a poll, whenever there's a survey, it's always put in the context of the current system. Do you like the president that's in power now, or don't you? It's not, are you dissatisfied with this system? Do you not like being economically exploited? These aren't questions that are asked in a large scale in our society. We don't know what people really think or how they feel about these things. And, you know, major reason for that is because dissenting voices like ours are suppressed. We're not going to make it on O'Reilly or, you know. The ideas that we're setting up here aren't profitable. What we're talking about and what we want, the things that we say are the almost the exact opposite of that. So we're not pushing others down to try and make our own gain. It's that we want to go out and help other people, and that's not going to make any money for anyone. And so that's why we're suppressed, because we're not doing anyone any good. Mm-hmm. But it, it's a fairly seamless system of, of pro-corporate propaganda. You want to you want to read a book on current affairs, and you go down to Barnes and Noble, and their political section is Hannity, Ann Coulter, Glenn Beck, and maybe a book by Chomsky, maybe. And the the political the political ideology that's represented in in Barnes and Noble is very right wing. You know the the, the AM radio culture, I mean, in Lincoln or all over the country is atrocious. I mean, it's, I mean, it's that Michael Savage. I mean, it's like neo-fascist yeah. stuff, oh, yeah. practically. 
Yeah. And here we are in the middle of it on AM. The AM band. <laughs> right. But I'm a really important, I'd say, core principle of Lunk is just that uh, people in this system under capitalism, one person wins and the entire society loses. A, lar- a small portion of people on a corporate board profit while they pillage the rest of society. But we're, what we're trying to do here is the opposite is uh, taking back something for everyone from those who have power. And what we're doing here on the media is trying to take back a little bit of the media, take back a little bit of the voice for the people who don't have a voice. It should be said, you know, we're talking about the problems here and the apologists for all these problems. But we, need, we do need to be discussing our solutions also. And as far as the, the antidote to hate radio... The antidote to Barnes and Noble being the primary source of books. Well, one of the antidotes, when you look within the left, is the info shop model, which is definitely a major inspiration on us. Uh, Brian, Monty, myself took a tour of the info shops in Lawrence, Kansas, and Kansas City, Missouri, a few months before we started the house here. And we do very much consider the Lunk House to be inspired by the info shop. Models. Maybe we should go into more detail about what an info shop is. Um, info shop is, as I understand, is you know essentially a lending library that is full of books and videos and other materials that you wouldn't normally come across in your typical for-profit bookstore or your uh, library, public library. So we we offer these things for checkout to anybody that wants to stop by. You know, basically, literature and, and, and documentaries and things of that nature that are in line with with you know the views that we've been s- discussing up to this point. Uh, am I leaving anything out? Well, that? yeah. I mean, you, you're talking about it in general, but basically, we have a lending library that has mm-hmm. various reading material that you're not going to find anywhere else, and you don't have to pay for it. We're not a for-profit organization. Uh, yeah. We want to freely spread knowledge to people be it a, in a book or in a documentary or in any other format we can find. It should be noted that in some info shops around the country, they w- they're they also bookstores as much as lending libraries. They sell books, they sell movies, and that's a way of them paying their rent. Info shops are frequently, if not typically, within commercial storefront to make them more visible, and they do obviously have to pay the rent. Well, Lunkhouse is an info shop minus the commercial aspect, is yeah. essentially what you've based the concept on for this house. Um, you want to talk about the house a little more? Mm-hmm. I mean, is this is essentially the home base for all of your your projects. It's not just it's not just the library. Yeah. I mean we have we have space here in the basement for doing movie showings which we do every Sunday. Uh, that's been something that we've been doing since we moved in, practically. We are, in fact, here right now. Yeah. Because this is the home base for we the are, We are in the dungeon, is what we like to well, call we're it. Well, we're in the basement. I don't think you want to <laughs> tell people who well, haven't seen it that we're in the dungeon. It's a very cramped uh, area of the house we we nicknamed the dungeon, but this is basically our studio where we broadcast from and where we're doing our recording from now. But... Uh, yeah, we, we also are working on getting a community garden started. Um, so kind of in line with the idea that Jackson was talking about at Commons, we have this space for people, you know, if people want to do a radio show, they can come use our 
uh, equipment to record a show and put it on the air. Uh, if people are interested in doing, if a group is interested in doing a movie showing, they can do that. Uh, and we do have other groups meeting here. Uh, I think our, our most recent joiner is the feminist reading group that we mm-hmm. have that comes here and meets and does reading and uh, comes and speaks about reading material. And that has been a very positive experience, very positive new group to our house. Yeah. We do. We're we're still looking for other groups too. We're always kind of putting feelers out to see who else. We have a lot of mm-hmm. empty spaces on the calendar, and that's something that we're not terribly happy about. But we do have um, another group that meets here: the Animal Rights Advocates of Nebraska, that hosts a monthly vegan potluck, and uh, that's you a new group that. Uh, no, go ahead. <laughs> no, go ahead. Um, it's just, it's um, just a new group that's basically centered around the idea of, of animal rights or, or extending the idea of, of these rights. Uh, I guess of, if you're thinking uh, in terms of inalienable rights you know, that, that they talk about for people, um, extending that concept to animals, so the, the right to be free from uh, human-induced suffering and the right to exist in a natural environment. So that, that's a group that's pretty much in line with uh, our general outlook here, and and uh, they've been pretty successful. And we also have our regular collective potlucks. Yeah. And that is when? It's every month on the first Saturday? Typically, that's, yes. Yeah. Typically, and I'm assuming we can give the address for the house if we're telling people about <laughs> potlucks to come to. Yeah, it's uh, down here in the North Bottoms of Lincoln. It's uh, 1213... North uh, Charleston. 12th no, Street. N- North 12th Street, sorry. Edit that out, <laughs> say it again. 1213 North 12th Street. It's, uh, just north of the intersection of 12th and Charleston. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we've, we just did a, a fundraiser for uh, uh, Alex Voboda, which is a uh, industrial workers of the world uh, comrade who uh, was the unfortunate victim of police brutality and we we raised some money for her and we're going to be doing other things like that where we're helping out causes and another group that we neglected to mention was Nebraska IW, I, Nebraska IWW um, that is industri- actually the most recent joiner yeah, to it Industrial Workers of the World which is a a union for all working class people uh, regardless of, of trade and uh, they're meeting here at the house currently and and uh, working on getting that chapter here formed. Well, we essentially have a chapter yeah, here formed yeah, we do. at this moment. We're just organizing that chapter as we go on. Mm-hmm. We should talk more about some of the things that we're, we're doing here out of the house space. Yes, we have a lending library. We do movie showings every Sunday, and we have these... We have these two potlucks, one for ARAN and one for the collective itself. ARAN, ARAN is the Animal Rights Group. Animal Rights Group, yes. Animal Rights Advocates of Nebraska, ARAN. And we do, and we have this meeting space, and we do, like like many other info shops, we do have a computer connected to the internet that we make available for people who don't otherwise have access to the internet. That's another big part of the info shop program, is just making resources available to people. Yeah, for the you know, the general community down here. The internet has become something so vital now that if you don't have it, you're missing out 
on a lot of things uh, for job hunting. I know in, in past experiences that it, it helps immensely. Mm-hmm. So you're at a serious disadvantage if you don't have access to these things. And you know, I'm, we all agree that these things should be available to the community free of cost. And and uh, so yeah, we we also look at ourselves in kind of that respect as a house that serves to to uh, facilitate the community in that way uh, to have uh, you know a place to come and read place to come and study or 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 just to get on check your email or, or you know if you don't have access to the internet what other projects you show we? you show movies every right. Sunday <coughs> every Sunday yes you actually haven't said that we do broadcast in this neighborhood on uh, 1580 a.m. Yeah. And uh, we would like to expand that, but we serve as the opportunity for people if they want to put programming on the air, streamed online, and uh, in our this neighborhood at the moment, if they want to submit content, it'll go out. And we look, we're looking to expand that network as well. Yeah, we're working on a possible site for a second repeater station in the South Bottoms, where we'll be broadcasting to that neighborhood. Um, that's kind of in the works right now. So, yeah, we, we have a lot of things that we're working on right now, too. So it's just going to continue to grow. We are all really ferociously busy here. I think I've, yeah. I think I've been here at the house for a meeting or another six out of seven days the last mm-hmm. week. Which and that's not exceptional. I'm not the only one in the room who has that kind of workload. Which explains why we haven't been able to record one of these shows for so long. <laughs> Not to mention there was a lot of work involved in the setup. We just currently uh, received some computers and had them put together so that we could do this work and have a recording studio, essentially. And we're still kind of feeling out the facilities here. We're still getting... We're kind of... We, now we have to kind of have to get our radio leg back under us because we've been out of this loop for so long now. <laughs> you know, we didn't mention our working class solidarity march that we did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> More recent news... Uh, in in uh, May May first, uh, which is World Working Class uh, or World Labor Day, basically the real Labor Day, uh, we organized a working class solidarity march where we all got together and um, we had a rally at the Capitol steps and then we marched on the on O Street and that was really successful. We had you know around fifty people I think there and. Also, several speakers talking yeah. about like labor and the workers. Yeah, talking about the importance of organized labor um, and uh, the need for for solidarity among working class people. It it should be noted. You keep sort of impersonalizing a lot of these comments. You know, you know, we are founders of the Lincoln Secular Humanists. You, Brian, are one of the founders of ARAN. Yeah. And as far as the the speakers went for, you know, the, our, our working class solidarity march, you were the MC, and Andrew and I were two of the four speakers. I mean, we've been <laughs> we've been juggling lots of hats recently. Oh, yeah. It's basically just been you guys. So if 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 there's an if there's some sort of organization that that is basically aligned with your point of view. How, how would they go about getting in contact? Should they just go to the website, lunkradio.org? And also uh, a new website in the works, also lunkhouse.org. Well, first off, you can use email if you have that available and just uh, 
contact us that way, which is just contact at lunkradio.org. That's the, that's the address, the contact at lunkradio.org. Correct. And we do, we do have a phone line, too, that you can call us at. The phone number is 402-817-4791. Uh, 817-4791. <coughs> Furthermore, we essentially have public hours at any of the events that we throw, and uh, people can feel free to come over to the house and check it out, pick up a calendar, uh, check out our calendars, which are located in coffee shops and various places all around town. And our new new website that we're going to be working on, which will be more all-inclusive, it'll uh, basically, you know, since we started out as a, you know, a media project, uh, independent media, lunkradio.org... Okay, we're, we're going to do a station it's time, ID. It's time to do the station ID. You're listening to Lunk Radio on 1580 AM. In Lincoln, in, Nebraska. In somewhere in Lincoln, Nebraska, in the North Bottoms for now. Um, or either that or you're listening to us via podcast or streaming, which in that case, never mind the 1580 thing. Um, Lunk, uh, go to the website at lunkradio.org and check out fun things. <laughs> Where was excitement, I, where was excitement, and enchantment awaits. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. Back to what I was talking about. We're working on a uh, a more all-inclusive website that'll represent all of the different projects that we're working on. Like I said, we we started out as just this uh, you know independent media project, which was Lunk Radio, um, and then we evolved into. That's what it originally was, yeah. just a radio station. And yeah. then it became oh so much more. I mean, do we, do we, have we ever done a show about the whole history of, of Lunk? Uh, originally... No, because we don't have ten hours. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't we do a talk about our origins? Seems to me that... I, mm. I think we did. But just a short recap, we started out as uh, a pirate radio station, and then it evolved into, you know, we didn't want to... <coughs> bring down some heat from the man, so we decided to get this thing legal, and we were operating under the Part 15 rules that the FCC you allows. You did skip a, a few different steps, though. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. Monty Jackson and I were doing media, trying to do media project before that, and we did have an online forum, and we did have our... Um, our irons and do have. Other. Yeah. We do still, still, still have. Do the form is still there. Which can be found at lunkradio.org. And uh, essentially <laughs> what Chapman. happened is that <laughs> there was a, a merger between this pirate radio station and then this uh, public access idea for a show. And then you, know, you guys were working on a, a forum, or you had a forum up. Mm. It's been going for like six or seven years, right? Longer uh, than that, I conquering think. Conquering the divide. It's been going for a long time. Which is still up on, on the website. And, and basically, we just really liked the Lincoln's Underground Network brand Brian came <laughs> up with, so we just made Lunk into an umbrella and put all of our projects under it. It's called yeah. Synergy. <laughs> then we evolved into this collective. Um, <laughs> basically, you know, just a group of people share common ideals, and uh, we get together and... Uh, you know, then the house came about, so that's kind of a short synopsis of how, you know, our origins. But, um, yeah, we, uh, I don't even remember where the hell I was going. It's <laughs> been, I don't think we've mentioned that we meet every Wednesday uh, to talk about the group and what we want to do uh, to manage and run the group, and oh, yeah. we do that Wednesday nights at 7. That's our public 
open to the public meeting. Correct. And that's that's a combination of the nuts and bolts stuff of, of running the house, which is no easy matter, as we've found out yeah. in our seven or eight months of doing this, and as well as plotting our other next major public events and so forth, too. Oh, no, yeah, I, I remember where I was going now, that lunkhouse.org will be the new site that encapsulates all of these things, and, and uh, so you'll have the rate, when we get that up and going, you'll have the tab for listening to the radio station, uh, you'll have the tab for the collective and what we're doing and how you can get involved, and uh, a tab for... Um, for the house, the, the, the house, calendar. The house, what goes on at the house, the calendar, uh, the different groups that are associated with the house that you can get involved in. Just so basically, it'll be a lot more informative than what we have up right now. You what we have right now is just a link to the radio station. And as I understand it, you also have different, you also have different subcommittees within Lunk itself that people with certain interests can get involved in if they're interested in the actual Lunk organization. Yeah. I mean, our main goal right now is just to get this get this organization to grow, get more people interested. Anybody can get involved with us. We're not a uh, you know exclusionary a exclusion. Yeah, we're we don't exclude people. We want to get everyone in here to help out, help out. And um, so yeah, we'd like to see more people helping because right now we've got a handful of people that are just got the weight of the world on their shoulders <laughs> trying to run this thing. Well, you are not exclusionary. However, the house itself does have certain standards and rules that have to be adhered to. Do yes. you want to talk about that at all? Because it's kind of important. Yeah, we should talk about our our house rules. Should we just go down the sheet then? And this is all. This uh, is all. This is all not because Lunk is 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 some is some sort of authoritarian. <laughs> Yeah, I, this is set up for the safety of se- and security of the house and the people within the house. This is all purely to ensure that Lunk continues to exist at all. Yeah, we just have basic, a lot of a lot of basic rules, you know, that are common sense that you know do not tolerate, you know, theft from the collective, mm-hmm. and uh, we are a, a a safe space. We are. Oh. Yeah. We'll, we'll just go down the list. <laughs> okay. The first one is talking about how theft will not be tolerated. That basically, the stuff that we have in this house, it does not belong to one single person. That is for everyone. And so we are, like, strictly against it being monopolized and stolen by other individuals. Because it's used by everyone. Yeah. Um... And then drugs and or alcohol and illegal drugs are not tolerated on the premises. This one is just strictly for the safety and security of the collective house because we want to do everything to keep. Yeah, co- yeah we, we should probably make it clear that Lunk is is not anti drugs or anti alcohol. This is this is just purely for our, our own. Yeah, yeah. it's a little nuanced because we we are against the abuse of, of drugs. I mean, we see that as, as a, a symptomatic problem of, you know, these, these bigger problems in society that cause people to abuse drugs and alcohol. But, you know, we're not for persecuting people based on what substances they ingest or, you know, we don't support the drug war, the... the the, the harassment and, and imprisonment of people that decide to use drugs. Here, here's the thing. We don't support the drug war, but we are forced to respect it because it is the law. 
and historically, I mean, you look at the 60s in particular, and the hippies, you know, the government and COINTELPRO really managed to disrupt the hippies with drugs and nailing people for drugs and planting drugs on people and then arresting them for having the drugs. And this is just, it's just a headache that we can't afford here to have drugs on the premises. And it's a headache we can't afford here to have alcohol on the premises. We want this place to be welcoming to 16, 17, 18-year-old kids. And having alcohol on the premises will change that. And, you know, you have one, you know, the cops just have to pay one 17-year-old guy to come in here and drink a beer out of our fridge, and then we're getting slapped with contributing to the delinquency of minors. So and those we are, don't have beer in the fridge. So we don't <laughs> have beer in the fridge because of that. And it's all, it's all, it's all purely because um, we don't want to give anybody a good reason to screw <laughs> us over. Yeah. Any authorities. Yeah. The next few are specifically dealing with what we want from the house and a society in general. The fact that these three go together, that courtesy is expected, that discrimination and harassment will not be tolerated. That's a coercion and hierarchy-free society. This basically means that we have to treat each other with respect and not like crap. Like, that all things that we deal with are collective and, like, voluntary. And so we have to deal with things together. Like, if we want this house to be a safe place, it has to work like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's... We don't we don't necessarily see rules like that in most organizations that, you know, you can't coerce other people or there's no hierarchy. Um, so that's, that's something that's very uh, different. Yeah you know, makes us different than a lot of other organizations because most organizations have a hierarchy, a, a, a system of levels built in. You know, you have a president, you have a, a secretary, all these levels underneath. Every, every boss has a boss, and it's just... A, it's you know, So you, there is a lot of coercion, you know. You, you basically receive orders, and you have to obey them, so... And that's a huge problem within any organization that allows those tiers of different people because... Uh, through that hierarchy, you can undermine any of the other rules. Mm-hmm. They have very little value when one person can force another to act a different way. Yeah, and there there are many kinds of hierarchy too. You know, we're we're trying to establish a commons here, but at the same time, we can't allow everyone to act every certain way. I mean, uh, to be more specific, take you know, if we have someone in here who wants to be a womanizer, who wants to chase every skirt that comes into the house. The reality is we can either have the womanizer on the premises or we can have women. We won't have both. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, should we move on down? Yeah. Uh, the next ones that we're committed to using environmentally sustainable methods is basically the idea that we have one planet and that our house is basically set up to be sustainable, that we don't throw away things that are recyclable, we don't, like, throw away food that could be feeding people within our own community, so we're doing everything we can, basically, to keep the space that we're living in, like, livable. And furthermore, a lot of the things in the longhouse are reclaimed items. They're completely yeah. useful. Uh, we're, taking, we're taking <laughs> from things that are being discarded without any real reason that we can actually use. So we got furniture and stereos in this house that our members pulled off a curb out of somebody's garbage, yeah. and they still work. Yeah, so a lot of these rules, again, are just trying to operate this 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 collective in a way that we would like to see society ran. Um, so you'll see that reflected in our rules. All right, then bedrooms. 
the two bedrooms that we have upstairs are private places and respecting the privacy of others. It's basically that the way that this house is run, the way that we make money is by we have usually two tenants living here. It's the fact that we can't get people living here if everybody's running around in their rooms and using their things. And so we just need to respect the things that are theirs. Now, we, we did kind of skip that earlier on. We haven't really discussed our model for how we try to pay for this space. And by doing this out of a residence and having sympathetic folks occupying the bedrooms, that absorbs most of the cost of us doing this. You can also feel free to show up to a potluck and uh, give money. Yes, we always, always need money to make up that third third. In fact, yeah. you don't even have to come to the potluck. Just give money. <laughs> Please. Oh, also, going back to the drugs and alcohol, you you tolerate smoking, but... Only on the back in, porch. On the back, in the back of the house. And this is a bit of a controversial thing to some folks. But to us, again, it's about eliminating pretext. You know, and Brian, I think, is probably the best authority on this, where this is, this is a neighborhood that's full of party houses, and the cops just love an excuse to... To come a knock and for, to write a ticket, and one of the things that they look for for a, an out of control party, they look for a, a group of people smoking on the front porch. And for us, the thing is, and, we, and we've had we've taken issue from this even from fellow anarchists who come into the house. But I mean, how do you draw a line where well, if you're if you're as long as you're by yourself, you can smoke on the porch, but you can't have you know if you have one person smoking on the porch, it becomes a normal thing. Where do you draw the line? They said no, just please just help us out and just smoke on the back. Yeah. I mean, and also part of that is just to have an inviting atmosphere. I, I know when you're approaching a, a new situation, you can be kind of nervous meeting new people, and if there is a, a group of people on the front porch that are, are smoking and talking amongst themselves, it doesn't necessarily look like the most inviting place to just yeah. walk up. And, it's a very hostile, in. very uncomfortable environment, especially if you don't smoke. As, you know, you as of one of many non-smokers, I do not like to walk through clouds of smoke to get mm. to my destination. Yeah, you have to take into consideration a lot of people may be allergic, extremely allergic. Asthmatic. Yeah, we had a we had someone that was potentially going to live here, and one of her concerns was the, the fact that she had a, a smoking, or an allergy to tobacco smoke, so we always have to take that into consideration. The next one is respecting the house and the property of the collective. That goes again into our issue of, like, when we were talking about how theft would not be tolerated. Like, this is a collective house, the thing that everybody uses, so we have to take care of the things that we have, so everyone in the community especially can use it. Then we also have the internet restrictions. The <laughs> no pornography, file sharing, hacking, or viewing, dash uploading, dash downloading of anything illegal. This again, like again, this goes into our issue with the drugs and alcohol. It's the fact that this is a security issue and it's for the safety of the collective. Yeah. We don't want any excuse to bring the cops in here. Yeah, we, we don't... It, a lot of... With the university here, they've had a lot of problems with, with students downloading uh, copyrighted music and things like that, and you can get slapped with some serious fines. We wouldn't avoid anything like that. The RIAA is pretty brutal. The yeah. Recording Industry Association of America, I believe. But the RIAA is just rabid when they come after somebody for downloading Something like that copyrighted would. material. When yeah. the house is slapped with a bunch of $1,000 fines, that means that we can't have the house anymore. Yeah, that would bankrupt our, our little project. Yeah. Um, and then the issue with 
pornography is more complex, but that again, that's a that's an atmosphere thing. You don't want things that may be offensive on the computer when you have a variety of different people of mm-hmm. varying opinions on the subject. Coming yeah, it'd be in. Weird and furthermore, to that can have copyright issues and various other ethical issues attached to yeah. it as well. So it's just a really fuzzy, fuzzy. Um, um, ball of fuzz that we don't want to get that's into. That's a show. That's a show all of its own. But uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, w- within the collective, there are varying opinions on on pornography. So it's not that we're strict moralists that are completely against pornography. But uh, yeah, there is a, a lot of nuance involved in that topic. It's a controversial so, yeah, issue. Yeah. Well, while we're on matters of, of controversy and something that the collective has sort of argued about, you know, as far as as we've been developing the culture of the house here over the past several months, one of the big debates, and we can maybe go into that to discuss how this has kind of gone for us, has been the kind of argument, it's been especially been a matter of how, you know, which groups we can invite in to do things here, which ones we don't necessarily want to come in. We've, we, we keep running, we come coming up against this idea of whether... Whether the Lunk House is an anarchist house or whether the Lunk House is a community house. What, well, is, what is a community house? You know, we're as opposed to an anarchist house. Well, I, I would just—I would sort of frame these as an anarchist house. The idea that these groups are, if not explicitly anarchist, who want to use the space, but they are completely in compliance with things, as opposed to a community house, which is used a more broad sense of alliance partners. Yeah. And it we, does become... I mean, it sort of becomes a factor in the way we advertise the space, you know, as far as who we're trying to invite in. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I do see that we stray from the typical info shop model. Your, your typical info shop is an anarchist collective that operates a sort of library. I mean, I think that we should be upfront that most of us draw a lot of our uh, inspiration and ideals from anarchism. But uh, I, I wouldn't say that we're exclusively anarchist. We're open to... Uh, we're more broad. Uh, we're, we're open to other socialists. You know. The question itself can be somewhat confusing because the house is run by radicals. It yeah. is by people who want a great social change. And it is a community house. It is available to people of the community. And not just radicals, but everyone who wants to draw from what we're trying to accomplish. And, and the thing is, though, and I've even had this conversation with individuals, even individuals who've donated to the house, where th- the more you define a space as anarchist, the more individuals who don't define themselves as anarchists feel like this is a clubhouse they haven't been invited to. And when this question arises, like especially with people feeling like isolated by the idea that's anarchists, it also changes the way we talk to the media and that we talk to other people about the house. That when we explicitly say we're anarchists, it does scare a lot of people who would otherwise help us or yeah, help us scare th- or it scares them away. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of stigma attached to the label of anarchist, but it, again, it's it's a label that's been vilified um, for, you know, for reasons that, you know, it, it's... The, the, the people in power want to suppress something, an idea like anarchism, that we can self-manage ourselves, that people can use democracy to... But, I mean, here, here's the thing. You know, I was I was talking, and Brian haven't had an answer in here a minute ago, and he was sort of... Def- you're sort of defending the idea that this place isn't exclusive to anarchists, 
and you specifically, you know, as part of your defense that this place was broad to other kinds of socialists, you know, hold on here, you know, even if this was an anarchist and socialist house, I still think that's far too narrow a brand, and it's still going to exclude a lot of people. And, you know, I think regardless of how much you believe this house should be explicitly anarchist or explicitly socialist or should be devoted to anarchists or socialists, in Lincoln, if you make a specifically anarchist house or specifically anarchist socialist house, you're going to be appealing to about 50 people. And that's not nearly broad enough a network to keep this place afloat. I think an important point to make is this place is about ideas. It's not about labels. It's about what we want to accomplish. It's not about our titles or about advancing uh, ideological brands. Mm. At the same time, taking that into consideration that we want it to be very open... Um, to people that don't even necessarily describe themselves as, as socialists or use any of those labels. Um, at the same time, we want to make sure that... You don't get overrun with a bunch we, of liberals. Yeah, we don't get watered down into another Democratic Party mm-hmm. sort of organization or another uh, liberal organization, which we have plenty of, or you know, we don't get overrun with, with people that are fine with capitalism and they think that uh, you know capitalism can be can be uh, made into something yeah. that is humane and, and that can work. You know, we, That's we not something we're looking at yeah. doing here in a more ethical form of exploitation. Um, that's not something we believe in. Yeah. So it, it's it's kind of we have to find a middle ground, and it is it is a a topic of debate within the collective. I mean, as a non dogmatic sort of group, we don't have uh, you know, you don't have to toe the party line necessarily we, you, you know, there is, we are open to differences of, of opinion so, it's kind of an ongoing debate, how open do we want to be, do we want to be this sort of unified front that is open to, you know, even Democratic Party people, you know, how how open do we want to be, so it's 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 kind of a, an ongoing I would, imagine, I would imagine you would even be open to those types of people, but I would think that they would have to understand that that's not, a, that's not at all where Lunk is coming from, and their point of view will be challenged to, yeah. a, great, to a significant extent if they choose to be involved with Lunk. Yeah. Well, it, it, it comes down to sort of a question of standards, and as far as... As far as defining the group, we do have to be explicit here that defining the group means excluding people. And it comes to a question of what are our standards going to be? What are the sorts of people that we want to... What are the sorts of people or the sorts of messages that we do want to exclude from this space? And as far as as I'm concerned, the the first thing and maybe the only thing... It's the only contested thing. I don't think anybody wants white supremacists in here. (laughs) But uh, the only controversial thing that I would say no, I don't want people here flacking for the Democratic Party. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To me, that's to me that's the really corrupting force. And sort of, some of that is uh, taken care of by the, the rules that we have in place. I don't foresee a lot of Democratic Party activists, you know, people that are for slowly reforming capitalism and thinking that will fix all the problems. I don't foresee a lot of those people being attracted to an organization that is explicitly defined as anti-authoritarian, anti-hierarchical. 
I I wouldn't give him that much credit, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, no, n- nobody is going to say, "Oh, I like hierarchy." Outside of a <laughs> neo-Nazi, <laughs> you're going to find me feel, "Oh, I like authority." <laughs> you aren't going to find many authoritarians advertising themselves as such. Well, no yeah. one sees it as authority when they're in power. Yeah. Now, that's, that's how, how many Democratic it. Party people are going to say that? Uh, President Obama is an authority figure who hands down orders. You know, they're oh, he's representing our interests. You know, so <laughs> they they obviously don't see it in those terms. But well, the thing I've noticed is that a lot of people do agree with some of our basic ideas going on. Like they don't think capitalism, at least right now, is a good thing. They don't like the environment being destroyed. It's just yeah. they're so cynical that they don't think any other way is going to work. They think that voting Democratic is, you know, the best thing, like the next best thing to actually changing society. Mm -hmm. So that they don't think that people can work by themselves and make their own decisions without killing each other. So, yeah, part of our mission is to show people that there are other avenues for social social change. It's not just go out and vote for the Democrat. It's uh, get together with... A, a group of individuals who share similar views and and make changes in your own way. Go outside the political system, the the status quo political system. And we may have some we may have some individuals listening to this locally or across the country via our podcast who may be interested in starting a similar project on their own. What can, what kind of advice can we offer to them? What have what have we really learned by doing this? What have we done right? What have we screwed up horribly, and what do we still need to work on here? Have money. (laughs) Money, unfortunately, given 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 uh, given the philosophy of the the organization, quite ironic. I I would say money. Yeah, the thing is, the problem that you know historically. Uh, you'll see problems with with groups that want to get together that that have this ideal of, of a more egalitarian sort of society. They all have this common problem that they have to work within the current system that is based on individual hoarding of wealth and concentrations of power. So you have this problem where these these groups will often fail if they don't take that into consideration that they do have to work within the rules that are there if you don't if you don't model your community in a way that it's going to be economically sustainable i mean if you're if you're too idealistic Mm -hmm. that you don't try to bring in money that you you try to you try to run the the organization as if you already lived in this uh, you know future world that you envision, then you're going to have a lot of problems. So and you do have to have a, a plan in place to bring in money. It's not just with the money either. It's I know that are there are some like anarchist organizations that anarchist organizations that help you know battered women and women who have been harassed, and they have to work within the federal government and getting their grants from the government. Mm-hmm. And that means rather than going and getting money for themselves, they have to fit within the narrow confines of government regulations while trying to you know, push forth their idea of a better society and the way things should be. We are quickly approaching the end of the show. Does anybody have any one big message that they want to bestow upon? I have some important messages. Um, I think it's important when you're doing an organization like this that uh, you don't have that sort of uh, rebel kid attitude that you 
you believe in in doing what needs to be done, what works, and uh, and that means keeping hold of your ethics, but also trying to organize in a in a rational fashion. And a, an important thing is us. There are three or four people in this project that really started out to get this house together, and you can't do it with two people. It's hard enough to do it with three or four people. Mm-hmm. You have to organize uh, to the extent that you actually have enough enough uh, people, enough hands working on the project to get it done. Because it's a challenge dividing the work between uh, four or five people at this point in time. Anyone else? And there's, there's, there's certainly no shortage of idealism among anarchists. And there's just, you know, one thing that sort of precludes a lot of anarchists from getting, getting their act organized is just, you know, you, you got to take care of the nuts and bolts stuff. you got to you got to pay your bills if you want to have your space. Got to do the dishes. You got to do your dishes because <laughs> nobody's going to come to your place if it's a mess. Oh yeah. So yeah, I mean, while maintaining our idealism, we have to come to the realistic fact that where you live in a society where money rules everything, you you can't eat, you can't have a shelter, you can't do any of these things without money. So therefore. We have to, you know, and that would be my, my advice to everyone else is to think long-term. Think you want to keep this place open, so. Okay. Start saving your pennies. We take what we can get. <laughs> We're going to have to shut this down now. Um, thank you for listening and join us again when hopefully we'll be, we'll be, we will be talking about something that is not ourselves. My name <laughs> is Monty, and that's Jackson, Ashley, Brian, and Andrew. Um, thanks. Good night.